Welcome to another sparkling edition of The Thought Police with me, Mike Graham, and him, Kevin O'Sullivan. Kevin, welcome. And, Hello, Mike. Uh, very happy um, Tuesday to you. Um, tomorrow's the budget, of course. It is. Um, it's been Edge of our well. seats. Edge of our seats. I mean, I was saying to someone earlier on in the... Uh, uh, on the show that, you know, when we used to do Budget Day in the old days in the newspapers, you'd find the most boring wankers you could find to go on the budget team, right? And everybody else would do the rest of the paper, <laughs> you know. We'd always find, you know, there'd always be these sort of geeky people who wanted to do it. Yeah. Oh, yes, I've I've managed to, to, to analyse everything that the Chancellor has said, and here's my piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Fuck yeah. off. Yeah, find us, a, find us a nuclear family. Yeah. Find us a, fam a young family with two kids. Find, yeah. us a, find us a single man. Find us yes. a young lady. You it's, know, the it's the mirror. Like it's the mirror panel yeah, yeah. and know. then we can put together a newspaper that will be so fucking boring mm. you won't be able to wake up for and about a year we'll get a big cartoon on the front right yeah. there's nothing worse than the average journalist faced with a budget they'll fuck it right but up we would, i mean when i was not editor right i'd put my deputy who was a boring little fucker um in charge of the budget pages and i'd do the rest and i was in the pub uh. by seven o'clock yeah um and uh, all the stuff we did was far more interesting yeah. but anyway rishi sunak this i'm told this was uh, said by Christine Jardin this morning is the budget for a generation. We've heard that before. Um, but he does have to get it right, doesn't he? He does. It's not. I don't think it's the budget for a generation. It's it's a crucial budget, but probably more crucial than any budget we can remember because we've got to get this fucking country back on its feet and this budget will allow the economy, hopefully, to uh, develop and blossom after the shit year we've all been through. So he's got to get things right. Yes. You know, and frankly, people are going, all these backbench Tories, I know that they're against tax rises. I'm, I don't like tax rises. Well, Tories should be against who the, who the fuck does? But uh, Tory saying don't write, raise taxes, that's like being a fucking socialist. Yeah. Uh, we've got to pay for the past year at some time, and I don't want to get all hippy-dippy and woke about this, but in fairness, why should our kids pay for the past year? Yeah, but year? you see, the, thing I, I, the way I look at it, right, is, and I used to say this to Peter Hitchens, that, that I don't think we can... It, it's so bad that you can't let it happen almost. You know, it's like one of those big corporations that owes the bank loads of money, yeah. you know the old saying. Yeah, you if know. you don't owe the bank five quid, owe them five billion. Five million. If you owe them five yeah. quid, they'll close you exactly. fucking down. But if you owe them if you're five, five billion, billion, they'll they'll help they'll, you out. Exactly right. Yeah. And we've all seen Donald cases. Trump's story. Yeah. We've all seen cases of that. And I think because the, the economy is so far in the shit, yeah. they literally have to prop it, it up. It has to be an encouraging They have to budget. prop it up. Yeah, so yeah, I, I don't agree that we, as uh, the, the taxpayers, have to cover all of these uh, loans that we've taken yeah. out. Because also, in the world that we now live in, money doesn't matter anymore. They just make it up. I mean, you don't even have to print it. You there is a magic money tree. There is a magic money tree. You don't have to print money anymore. You can just, you know, add a few numbers onto yeah. a computer screen and suddenly you've got another $125 trillion or something, you know? So I'll tell you I, so. I think they can yeah. quite happily carry on, stimulate the economy in whatever way they can, get people spending money, yeah. get people going on holiday, get people back to work. And then suddenly the economy will be all right again. And I suppose that I'll accept that we, you know, let the vaccine keep rolling out. Yeah. We're getting on towards a quarter of the population having been inoculated. Right. It's clearly, and it's obviously, it's working. clearly working. Yeah. So I suppose, uh, reluctantly, I'll go along with another extension of the fucking furloughs. Well, I'm not. So keen but he's on that. got to end it yeah. soon. It's ridiculous. It's creating a fool's paradise. Yes. And when he does end the furlough scheme, get fucking used to it there will be three million people suddenly unemployed. Uh, this is a delusion that the government is 
I mean, some people have been on furlough now for practically an entire year. Well, of course they have. Apart from anything month. else, wouldn't you forget how to work? I mean, would you not forget what you're supposed to be doing? And the other thing is, is there's loads of people who have been on furlough and have been doing another job. Right? Yeah, of course, of course. And of course, there's always going to be abuse of the system. Mm, yeah. But I think what they ought to do now is look at opening bits of the economy and just say to people who are on furlough, we're just going to have to get back to work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sorry, it's not that we're trying to, to, to betray people or abandon them, but you can't expect to not work and be paid. You no. just simply can't. Yeah, and those fucking idiots in Labour and Lib Dems and the SNP going, you know, you've got to keep extending the yeah, furlough yeah. scheme. You know, for them, this is the fucking paradise. Yeah, yeah. It's the government giving people yeah. free money. Exactly. We can't keep doing this. Well, I'm waiting for somebody to make the argument, well, it's better than having them on universal benefit, you know. Yeah. Well, actually, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. Because if they're on universal benefit, they haven't got any fucking money, and they might actually make Kick them... Kick them at the arse to galvan- get a fucking job, galvanise exactly. them to go and get a job, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, uh, you know, they are, uh, this is often said, but it's the obvious thing about the furlough scheme is all those people who haven't been to work since last... March, yeah. you know, now it's almost a year of this, and uh, by August it'll be 15, 16, 17 months. Uh, trust me, the companies they work for, they've kind of got used to working without them. Mm. They're not going to rehire them. I mean, they're still officially on the books, but they'll just be let go. I mean, I suppose the there are some exceptions. For example, if you did have, say, a big pub chain and you've got a lot of people on furlough because they can't work in the pub, yeah. I accept that they will be able to go back to work yeah. once you open the pub. I mean, the pub might say, well, actually, we don't need all of them because we're not getting as many people in because we're not allowed to get as many people in. But certainly, I mean, I spoke to James Chiaverini today. I booked a table for four, by the way, for uh, us for April, right, the, good. Uh, I'm there. April I'm there. the 13th, Monday night. I'm there. You'll have recovered from your weekend stint by then. Yeah, well, so, I just about uh, got some sleep by then. <laughs> Fucking hell. I, I was going to ask you how that went. Cause well, uh, uh, for those who don't know, Kevin now does the, the breakfast show uh, Saturday and Sunday. So, yeah, they tell me and it's, 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 and it's very good. Well, thank you very much, Mike. And they tell me it's a promotion. Yes. Uh, um, you know, the breakfast shows are important. feel like it, And right? they, are, they are important, and I'm sure it is a promotion. But let, let me tell you, uh, when I was whole arsing out of bed at four <laughs> o'clock in the fucking morning on both Saturday and Sunday. It didn't feel like a promotion. Also, by the way, um, the other nightmare of that situation is that the, the cab that turns up, right? Because what you don't want is the cab, one, making a lot of noise at that time of the yeah. morning, two, probably best not to ring the bloody doorbell. Yeah. And three, get the wrong address we'll get the wrong address. The street, I know. Trying well, to find it's a the great story. Thing. Do you remember that guy Ian McGregor, who uh, is now, I think, editor emeritus at the um, Telegraph? Yeah. When he was editor of the Daily Telegraph, he used to get a car really early every morning. Cause he was very, you know, he was very hard working. Let's put it the that way. The Milky Bar Kid. The Milky Bar Kid, as he used to be yeah. known. Um, and he was quite unpleasant uh, for a period. That's many people become when they're editors you know they start yeah, to get a bit yeah, narky and yeah. they start expecting they think they're important they then, then they're they important. found out the truth and i would not say this um, not to his face so i'm not telling tales out of school but apparently the uh, the cab drivers used to pick him up in the morning which became a bit nonplussed about the way he used to talk to them right um and so apparently he had a new baby and so he had issued strict instructions to the cab firm not to ring the doorbell because you'd wake up the fucking <laughs> so baby, right? Fucking so, of course, the guy's going... <laughs> he comes out in a rage, right? Fucking slams the door shut. I told you not to fucking ring the doorbell. Gets in the back of the car, starts ranting over. The guy gets about 100 yards down the road and he, says, he stops it. He says, just fucking get out. Just get out. And he's like, what do you mean? I've got to go to work. No, I'm not driving you. Get out. You're too rude. Just fuck off. Get out. <laughs> and of course, at that time of the morning, you can't ring anyone. Right? He couldn't ring. He couldn't. He rang the cab company. They said, well, sorry, sir. If you can't take the car we've given you, we haven't got another one. So he had to go home and wait until he could get to fucking, fucking work idiot. some other way. 
And I mean, it's just amazing. So I hope that whichever cab company they're using is, uh, yeah, is uh, well, treating I, you, you know, well. But it is, it's, it's an early start. Uh, but once you get going, it's a good time slot. Um, well, the great thing in the summer will be, particularly on a Sunday, um, you finish at 10, hmm. you're in the pub at midday, you know, Sunday yeah. lunch. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to worry about doing anything for at least 24 hours. Uh, <laughs> and they, yeah, but when you go to the pub for fucking lunch on Saturday, you better not get too pissed. Well, you can't you, do it Saturday. That's you've the got thing. It, yeah, but Sunday... Uh, no, I'm, but Sunday will be I'm great. I'm up for it. You know, it's going to be a big day for me. Oh, it'll yeah. be fantastic. And also, it's a great slot in a way because you get to have the first crack at sort of all the big stories that are going on Yeah. Uh, as well. And it was the same. It sounded really good. Thank you very um, much. But let's talk a bit more about old Rishi because I think... He's going to have to give some indication, I think, as well. And, of course, by the time you're listening to this, you might have already found out what he's doing. But I think he's going to have to give some kind of hint because they're starting to say this now, that we need to move quicker because, you know, less than single figures now, people being taken into ICU over the age of 80. Honestly... How can they possibly justify not opening stuff? They've got to speed this up. But, I mean, on past performance, I very much doubt that Boris will. Boris is fucking nervous that we're leaving it until... Uh, Midsummer's Day. It's like yeah. I keep saying. When was it? Last Monday. It's now just over a week ago. He made his big roadmap to freedom announcement. You know, this is the roadmap. And absolutely uh, not before and everybody, this time. Well, everyone went, "Oh, brilliant! June the twenty-first, we're free." I know. Uh, they didn't quite notice that what he was actually doing was announcing the longest lockdown we've ever had yeah. imposed on. I know. It. Four fucking months. And people keep saying, "Well, of course we have to be careful." Well, why? We got the fucking vaccine now. Why do you have to be the same as you were last year? Yeah. Or uh, somehow people are now saying, "Oh, well, the thing is, I think we opened a bit too soon last year." Bollocks to that. France is open. Yeah. Italy's open. America's open. In California, their governor Newsom, uh, who's worse than Boris Johnson, yeah. he's like a one-man sage. He wants to lock down the state forever until no one ever gets a cold. Oh, yeah. uh, he wanted to carry on, and the people of California rose up as one, and he was warned. If you keep us in lockdown, we will recall you. In other words, we'll take you back to the polls and we'll have another election and we'll kick you out. Guess what? He immediately changed his mind. California was immediately opened up and it is fucking fine. Florida's totally open. It's fucking fine. Australia's... Uh, totally open. Right. It's fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down People are going to Aussie Rules yeah, football Well, naturally, games, that idiot Jacinda Ardern has shut down uh, New Zealand again because oh, yeah. there's been 11 cases. I mean... Jacinda Ardern, the worst world leader oh, I know. in world I know, history. But, but she's a woman, so she's really, really yeah, good at sometimes it. it's hard to be a woman and sometimes it's hard to be any fucking use when you're running <laughs> New Zealand. And she's no fucking use at I mean, it. as I said to Piers when he came in, he's raving on about how great New Zealand was. I said, there more people living in my fucking street yeah. in London than there are living in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. All they got They're not separated by sheep. lakes and mountains. Yeah, and all that yeah, she's a disaster. Oh, I know. They love her, though, don't they? Cool the thing. left loves her. Yeah, but you know, she's got an official policy that uh, she pursues happiness before the economy. Oh, yeah. So she wants the people to be happy. Really? And then she'll worry about the economy. Okay. Well, what you'll find just... People are happier when, when they've got more money. when your fucking economy's in the toilet, your people will not be happy, you stupid... <laughs> Arsehole. <laughs> yes, I know. Absolutely incredible. Anyway, that's enough about the boring old budget. Let's talk instead about Boris. What about this um, uh, this um, ridiculous story that came on the front page of the Mail today about this some kind of um, a sort of organisation that Boris is setting up to pay for the decoration yeah. of his house? What's all that about? Well, hang on. Apparently, it's the American model. Apparently, each uh, new president and uh, the first lady yeah. and the family uh, get a load of money from a charity. Right. 
in order to redecorate the White House to their tastes. Mm. Boris is trying to mimic that model and set up some kind of charity which will fund the redecorating of the accommodation above number 10 Downing Street where the Prime Minister and his family live. Uh, now, uh, why is that a charitable concern? Well, one, it's not a charitable concern. Yeah. Two, the thing that people worry about, and quite rightly, is that whoever puts money into this scheme yeah. Yeah. Uh, is going to expect something in return. Yeah. I don't believe people give money to politicians without expecting yeah. something in return. Yeah, of course they don't. You know what I mean? A, I mean, so you've got some sort of person shaking a panhandling on the side of the street going, oh, please give generously I to mean, charity. I mean, it's very grubby, isn't it? Yeah, and you go, well, what charity, what's the cause of the charity? It's better wallpaper in the Prime Minister's yes. accommodation. He needs a new arm. The, oh, well, in that case, have a fucking tenner. You know, that's a fucking joke. Pay for your own bloody wall. Well, apparently, paper. Carrie uh, is all over this like a rash, right? She's yeah. apparently decided that she doesn't like Samantha Cameron's taste. Oh, no, no, no. It said Theresa May's and John Lewis nightmare. doesn't like what Theresa May did either. The John Lewis right? nightmare. So now Johnson's trying to secretly set up a charity. Not very secret, like everything else he's done. Yeah. Uh, everybody's always found out about it. He's about the least secret person yeah, I think yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You know, every woman he's ever been with, you know, every child he's ever had. I mean, everybody seems to know. So, um, yeah, so they're redoing it, um, and the top, the costs are apparently out of control. I mean, where do people get the idea that they get, have the right to redecorate fucking Downing Street? It's not yeah. a private apartment. It's a place that people sit in for a while yeah. until they get turfed out. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be paying for any of this. Uh, so we've moved on. I was kind of bored with the obsession this nation had with Dominic Cummings. Right. He's now out of the picture, and our new number 10 obsession is Carrie fucking Simmons. I know. We've had enough of her. Well, I mean, it's I remember boring. saying long ago, before you and I did this together, when I was talking to Matt Kelly about it, I said it's always going to be a bad idea. I mean, this was before um, Carrie was pregnant, before uh, they announced that they were getting engaged. When she was simply his girlfriend, do you remember that row they had in the flat in Camberwell? Uh, yeah, those, and those course, wankers from uh, from next door the, the nice, who were basically the, the Guardian, no, next door Guardian readers, shopped right? Them, yeah. Shopped them to the Guardian, right? Uh, which was absolutely disgraceful thing to do. But suddenly, you know, she was moving into Downing Street with him, and I said, you know, I don't think it's a great idea for the Prime Minister of this country, who's only just got separated from his wife, to move his girlfriend into Ten yeah. Downing Street. Yeah, yeah. What's that all about? And of course, since he's done it. She's become a much more powerful individual. Yeah, and she's a force for the bad. Yes. I mean, she's leading him down all that climate change. Well, she's the green and, revolutionary, isn't you she? Know, I'm all for uh, her animal welfare work, but that's not particularly important when it comes to the running of the country. But her obsession with green politics yes. uh, is a big problem. Hence, fucking Boris Johnson's wasting all his time and our time droning on about <laughs> floating fucking windmills. Take your floating fucking windmills and stick them up your bony arse, you uh, yeah, twat. I, mean, I know. Christ almighty. It really is ridiculous, isn't it? How so, far... That's the problem with her, yeah. is she's an influence in the bad and the wrong direction. Uh, and, you, you know, but all these people say, oh, it's wrong, she can't have all this power. Well, I'm afraid prime ministers can listen to who they want to. And quite often, if it's their wife, yeah. uh, that wife becomes a very important. I mean, people person. do get or worked up, husband, don't they? I people say. do get worked up by the whole idea of these unelected officials, purely and simply yeah. because we, uh, who, who wanted to leave the European Union, said, "Well, we don't really like unelected officials." And people, mm. oh, what about Dominic Cummings? He's an unelected official. Yeah. But I mean, there is a problem, I think, in government now, where there's too many advisors, too many highly paid people who seem to drift in and out of the fucking uh, door, uh. and who basically have access to. Making policy, which is done not with our fucking consent or not even with the consent of the party that they supposedly work for, mm. but instead just because they fancy it. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's I a, think the system's wrong. It is wrong uh, and uh, we need to get rid of it. Perhaps, can, is it possible to sack the 
Prime Minister's partner. Uh, well, I mean, maybe she should run for election he's if fucking, she wants to be a, that influential. But fucking Boris, is, he's a straw in the wind, mm. isn't he? I mean, does he, yeah. what does he actually believe in? Well, I think, in? I don't think he I believes in I don't know what he believes in. I mean, I've always said that because of the people that I know that worked with him when he was mayor, that he likes to surround himself with, with good people, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not certain that's true now. Um, and he was always very good at letting other people make decisions. Yeah. But I don't think he's that capable of making any decisions. He seems to agree with whoever last talked to him. Yeah, and he's uh, never been uh, known to uh, make a, you know, to sort of come up with anything that you felt he believed in. I, I don't, I cannot believe that he's that obsessed with um, green eco. Well, don't forget, he was the guy that brought the bi- Boris bike system into London, wasn't he? Yeah, he likes. I mean, he does like a bike. And all that. But uh, he needs to get real about that. Tory voters don't give a fuck about no. the climate. No, I know. The only ones that do um, aren't Tory voters yet. Yeah, well, that's what I don't like that's about... That's the problem. I don't like about Carrie Simons and her, her gang right. who are taking over number 10 is they're these sort of people, they're quite young Yeah, 30-somethings, yeah. aren't they? And, and they say they're Tories, but they're not. No. They're not. They're Lib Dems at No, best. they're from Probably reasonably labor. privileged, they're from reasonably privileged backgrounds. Yeah. You know, her dad was Matthew Simmons, the guy yeah, that no, founded the, the Independent. The yeah. Independent. Who you wouldn't describe as a, as a one nation Tory, I don't think, would you? No, I don't suppose you would. Uh, uh, but she, you know, I don't think they're proper Tories. No, they're not proper Conservatives. No, and uh, and some of the things Boris says, nor is he. No, and that's the problem we're in now. He's taken this government down a real socialist path. The government is now paying for fucking everything. Mm. Uh, maybe they could get Harry and Meghan to pay for it because they're making a lot of fucking money. Well, they're going to be on ITV. Yeah, and uh, ITV, I'm told, have paid a million quid for a the million privilege. quid. So, uh, but none uh, of that goes to Harry and Meghan. So on Saturday, IT- ITV uh, blockbuster lineup On Saturday, it's Saturday Night Takeaway with Anton Deck. Right. On Monday, it's Monday Night Fake Away with Harry <laughs> and Meghan. Couple of frauds. I know, they really are. I can't believe as well that they're going to make us sit through two hours now i know people will say well nobody's forcing you but i mean we'll all have to watch it because obviously we'll have to be talking about it um but i'm not sure i can make two fucking hours i mean really Honestly? uh yeah i don't think i'll last i mean a couple of pure old pricks i mean it's going out on sunday night on cbs in america so i guess by the time you wake up on monday morning you'll know all the good clips anyway do you know what's starting to annoy me about those two i mean we i think that the reason that they uh, act so duplicitously, so hip- hypocritically, you know, but say, oh, we, we, we want our privacy. Yeah. Here's me on a bus with James Corbyn with 20 million Americans watching me. Uh, you know, oh, we, we need And also, privacy. by the way, oh, quite importantly, inf- giving away uh, information about what present he got from the, the yeah, Queen, I know, I know. what old Archie's first words were. Yeah. Now, that seems to me to be pretty personal information, which well, he's voluntarily giving up. Well, the reason that, that, that I think that they uh, don't seem to be able to spot uh, the innate contradictions in their standpoint mm. about privacy. Yeah. In other words, they say they want privacy, but never let a three seconds go by without giving a TV interview right. to someone. Uh, is they're both thick as shit. Yeah. They're both thick as shit. Well, I mean, she's obviously quite cunning. Yeah, I would, she's not I would that give her bright. that. But I don't she's think she's that terribly that bright. bright. No. But what she has She's done, cleverer than him, but, but what then she, again... Well, I mean, you know... Fucking that, earthworms are cleverer than You know, than the him. desk here is cleverer that than he That fucker can't even... You know, he can't even do the alphabet beyond about <laughs> H. <laughs> Runs out, runs no, out exactly. of steam. Oh, no, I know it. Yeah. I know it. Yeah. I know what comes up. Let yeah. me have a go. Yeah. I mean, it is incredible, though, how the world has been sort of taken into their charm. Because I can't actually believe that Oprah Winfrey interviewing her for most of the show is that interesting to most people in America. 
I mean, I don't think they even necessarily recognise her as somebody that they should be aware of. Yeah. Because, I mean, she was not a big star. She hasn't been, you know, in any way, shape or form, you know, front and centre of any big movie. She's never starred in a big movie. She's been in some really shit movies in some small roles. Yeah. She wasn't even really the star of Suits, right? And I don't know I'm if you saw Far it. from it, and nobody watched Suits. No, I mean, they did a little test, didn't they, in the mail, I think, at the yeah, weekend, yeah. saying to people, ordinary Americans in the street, showing them the pictures and going, do you know who these people are? And they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know who they were. Which is part of uh, Megan's project, of yeah. course, is, is to um, uh, increase their fame, right. their recognition, because that's how you make money. I'd like to know how much Oprah paid them for that interview. Well, they claim they didn't get paid, which well, I wouldn't be surprised if that's true because they would see it as a massive opportunity to make their brand. Yeah, well, Megan will be back fucking dying a bit inside now she sees CBS selling it to ITV well, for a million that's very true. Quid. I mean, it may well be that they've done a deal, but as far as I'm aware, they haven't been paid to do it. And you could see why... Another uh, reason to uh, d conclude that they're both stupid well, as fuck. absolutely. Unless, of course, they've got one of those, you know, I'll pay this into the Archie Well Foundation or some bullshit like that. But, you know, I just, I mean, the, the big story today for all the papers was basically, maybe this is not the best time to give an interview in which you basically throw the royal family under the bus well, while Prince Philip is on his deathbed. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's obviously not very well, old Phil. And at 99, you know, you have to be well, worried. Well, you'd have to be a bit worried I mean, if you're two 99 weeks in, year two old. Two weeks in hospital. If your 99-year-old grandfather's in hospital yeah. um, at, you know, the second week yeah. that he went in on, You'd have to worry, wouldn't you? Yeah, uh, but uh, what Harry's finding out is there's a difference between being a member of the royal family and being a member of the real world. Or the human race. money even. fucking talks. Right. And he has given an interview to a major American network. They've got the copyright on it, and he's got no say right. in it. And having spent a million quid, trust me, ITV aren't going to go, <laughs> poor old Philip, we better, no. not, we better not broadcast no, this. No, of course. It's going out. No, of course. But in the bizarre and warped world in which we live, they'll probably get the blame. If something goes wrong, yeah. rather than Harry and Meghan for actually giving the interview in the first place. Uh, no, uh, it is unfortunate timing. and But for once, I don't think it's Harry or Meghan's fault if it does go out at a very awkward time. Although they might have thought, of, don't forget, he was in hospital when they did the fucking interview mm. last week. Yeah, yeah. So they might have thought this is not the time to get involved they in might this have project that. altogether. But what happens to it now, and don't forget, it won't only be ITV, it'll be shown on TV channels all over oh, yeah. the world. CBS are going to make a fortune from this. Yeah. Uh, that is nothing to do with Harry or Meghan. Uh, no. They, they are now uh, puppets, uh, pawns in a commercial world mm. that neither of them really understand. He certainly does. And also they'll get taken to the cleaners in the end as yeah. all of these people yeah. do, yeah. by the rather sharp operators in fucking Hollywood yeah. um, and in New York. And what else have they got to do after this? That you know, Maybe they should have rationed themselves out a little bit more thinly. Because well, once they've told the story of what life was like well, you, in the royal what, family, that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah, well, you've got one week, he's on, one week he's on a fucking bus going through Santa Barbara, yeah. pouring tea with uh, James Corden and doing bizarre things like uh, assault courses. So you took him to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's yeah. house? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was I mean, all, do fuck off. It's just so he could do the Fresh Prince yeah. rap. So, I mean, uh, he could make the little joke, he's yeah. the real he, Prince he, of Bel-Air. that funny. So, the real Prince of Bel-Air, so they do that, and then the week later well, the he does... The real Prince of Bel-End or something. Yeah, yeah, Bel-End, yeah. <laughs> and then he's... <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he is a fucking bell end. Isn't he, he really is. <laughs> so, <laughs> Prince has Prince, Prince has of bell end. 
Well, Prince Hazard Bellend is now going to be exposed on this Oprah interview. Uh, you can expose yourself too much, yeah. uh, as Gary Glitterer was always well, saying. Well, indeed. But also, uh, but, seriously. but you're right, though. What are they going to talk about? Because they can't just keep inviting their woke mates onto podcasts and go, yeah. tell us about your well, journey. In, ter- in, ter- in terms your of... Your journey. Yeah. In, ten- in terms of self-publicity... Uh, I don't see where they go after this. No. You know, they blasted themselves all over American telly right. for about 100 million viewers in mm. America to watch over the course of just two weeks. Right. Where do they go from there? I know. I wonder if they'll end up in some really tacky kind of Kardashian-style fucking um, reality show. Yeah. Because that's all they'll be able to do. Yeah. People will go, yeah, let's let's stick a camera yeah, in the The house. only way is Montecito. The only way is Montecito. You know, here, let's watch Archie learning how yeah. to speak, walk, yeah. fucking talk, you know, whatever. But that's all they've got. The right royal Harry He's got show. no stories. What's he going to say? My time in Afghanistan. Yeah. People go, oh, you know, he fought for his country. Did he fuck? He went to Afghanistan uh, and he was pictured firing some guns. Now, I don't know whether that was staged. I don't know whether uh, they decided they should put him in a little gun turret for a while or whether he was there for a week or a month or a fucking three months. I just don't know. I'll tell you something, mate. A friend of mine served uh, with Prince Andrew in... Yeah. The in Falklands, the Falklands, yeah. When Prince Andrew... He was flew, a helicopter pilot. a helicopter yeah. pilot around, and uh, my friend served with Prince Andrew, and he said, look, he, he, he put his heart and soul into that, but let's put it this way, it was insured mm. that Prince Andrew did not get hurt. Right. Uh, so when the royals go to war, they don't necessarily go to war no. in the way that well, anyone I mean, if else you're, does. If he's in charge of a helicopter gunship, they're not putting him anywhere near exactly. a fucking surface. And I would missile. not in any way want to undermine Harry's uh, efforts in the Afghanistan war. But trust me, a member of the royal family, they're, they're not treated like any other soldier. No, of course they're not. That's absolute madness. Speaking of that period of time, let's talk about a, a mutual acquaintance of ours, I wouldn't say friend, Roy Greenslade. Roy Greenslade. Who came upon him, uh, himself this weekend in the Sunday When Tuesday. the IRA terrorists write columns, they write columns for The Guardian. Yeah, I mean, here's a guy who has been advising um, journalists for the, about the best part of, what, the last 20 years, probably? Yeah, on teaching ethics, them ethics. Teaching them ethics at City University, but also, not only that, writing columns in The Guardian about the efficacy or otherwise of people like Piers Morgan, newspapers like The Sun that he used to work for, people doing things in newspapers that he doesn't approve of. He came out of the weekend, uh, interviewed, I think, in The Times. No, no, he, no he, he wrote a, a uh, an article. Uh, un, oh, under, I didn't realise that. He you know, wrote an article for uh, the, uh, what's it called, the Journalist Journalism Review, oh, okay. or the Re- London Re- Review of Journalism. Right, okay. This is one of these periodicals. Oh, so they picked it up. I yeah, thought he'd he, he suddenly wrote this thing saying that uh, while, while he was editor of the Daily Mirror, while he was an executive of The Sun, while he was a senior executive of the Sunday Times, he he secretly wrote columns for uh, IRA publications. Uh, he was a part of Sinn Féin, and that he always, while never revealing it publicly, privately believed in the IRA's uh, right to that he believed the IRA was right to bomb the fuck right. out of kids right. and mums and dads Incredible. Uh, and kill horses. And he's horses. now running as a Sinn Féin candidate, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. That's the reason why he's now saying all this yeah. stuff, presumably, yeah. to try and get in with well, the Well, uh, yeah, it's going well for him, though, isn't it? Uh, but well, I'll he's now you, had to resign, hasn't he, from his... Uh, from from his, his professorship. But he's still got the column in the Guardian. 
Uh, yeah, I don't suppose that'll last too. Well, long. you don't know if it will. I mean, you'd be he surprised. doesn't really. He hasn't really written anything from the for the Guardian for about a year. Really? I think now, so he's faded away. He's, he's 70, a bit old and white. I suppose he's seventy four years old. Yeah. Uh, um, but you know, I used to work with Roy back in the eighties. Well, he was quite a, he he fucking was good quite laugh. A key, but he was quite fucking a key executive on the Sun in oh, the days yeah, no, when the Sun was executive editor selling over selling over four million papers. Yeah, a day. he was a key player in yeah. that uh, system. Did he not get involved in some kind of faking fakery of the spot the ball competition? Well, was editor of the Daily Mirror, yeah. he colluded with the then owner, Robert Maxwell, mm. to run the million pound spot the ball competition. Right. So not just any spot the ball, mm. uh, this one will win, win you a million. Right. He colluded with Maxwell to make sure that that million pounds was unwinnable. Jesus. Uh, so now that was, could technically be seen act. as a criminal act. Not only that, but also fraud, yeah. uh, all sorts of well, other yeah, things could criminal be brought fraud. in. Criminal um, fraud. And this was the other thing that used to annoy people so much in journalism, when he was starting to lecture people about what you should be doing ethically. He worked for Robert fucking Maxwell, yeah. who was literally known as the bouncing check. And the let guy, me tell you. The guy who swindled more money out of the mirror pension than anybody else yeah, yeah. in the history of newspapers. And let me tell you, I, I, when he was at The Sun, I worked with him there, uh, he was what they call on Fleet Street one hell of an operator. Is that right? Which was mean, which would mean that his uh, techniques uh, of getting <laughs> stories and features were not always uh, so uh, Halo-ish right. that it would pass the fucking ethics test. Really? You know, well, so do you know what's also interesting? I was talking to Jerry Hayes the other day, you know, the barrister about him, and he knew him quite well because Jerry kind of was in and around Fleet yeah. Street a lot. Um, used to do a bit of legal work for some newspapers, but also... Uh, wrote a column, I think, for the Express at one point. But he said he used to drink quite a lot with Greenslade. And he was horrified this weekend when he found this out because there was a time when they were drinking together and Jerry was in the uh, was an MP, and he actually had police protection because he'd been threatened yeah. by the IRA. Yeah, he'd been threatened with fucking death by the IRA. Yeah. And Greenslade was drinking with him in bars. Well, I think Greenslade Roy's going to get his collar felt at least uh, for inquiries by the police mm. because he has admitted that he said I was a small cog, but he was colluding with he basically said he members was of the IRA, IRA uh, and uh, that he knew several high profile IRA oper- operatives yeah. uh, and talked to them at those times. So I and. Uh, there are still uh, mysteries to be cleared up mm. about various IRA atrocities, yeah. and Roy might get his collar felt to be interviewed by the constabulary about those things. Um, but here's what I remember. Also, Roy- would he not then have been at the Sun when they blew up the hotel in Brighton and Norman Tebbit's wife was? Um, um, yeah, he would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was killed. Yeah, I think, well, that's what Roy, Roy, Norman. Tebbit said, I hadn't realised that about uh, Mr. Greenslade. Uh, it's interesting that he believes uh, that uh, if um, you don't agree with him, it's perfectly all right for him to kill you. <laughs> yeah, for you to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, but I, he, he had this thing, right? It was a good laugh, old Roy. He was a good guy. Kind of, I mean, I, I generous didn't know guy. him very well, but I knew him because I worked mm. for the papers that he yeah, worked for. Yeah, yeah. No, you know? I, I knew him quite well. And he had this great trick. Tri- well, I mean, I don't necessarily advise you try this, but he could do, if you take it at the office desk, yeah. he could stand just in front of it right. and he could jump onto the office desk right. from a standing start. Okay. Just, now you, you that ever, is hard to do. Yeah, fucking hell. the sort of thing my dad used I've to do. I've spent many an hour in the son's yeah. office get with Roy trying yeah. to teach me how to do it. Right. I only managed it about once. The kind of thing my old man used to do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Roy, Roy was very good at that, very good in the bar, mm. very generous guy, mm. good laugh, uh, but uh, I think I conclude he was something of a chameleon. Depending on whose company yeah. he was in, he became like them so well he was also i think married 
was he? Noreen not? Taylor. Noreen Taylor, who, who, was, a, who, who was also a columnist, bit of a sympathiser as I well. Who I knew reasonably well, and her daughter Natasha that, McElhone, it, yeah. uh, is not her, his daughter, I don't think. Mm. But but you know, he's the father-in-law, effectively, yeah. no. um, or the stepfather, I suppose. No, I knew Noreen. Uh, I knew Noreen very well, but yeah. she. she um, I mean, uh, I knew her a bit. Not very. If not you very went well. to her flat, uh, well, I never did. But uh, in the eighties, uh, uh, you would find it adorned with lots and lots of IRA posters. Really, Bobby Sands. Bobby Sands uh, is. Um, See, I find that amazing. He's, he's uh, Maureen Green's, uh, Greenslade's political hero. Uh, Bobby Sands is a bit of a fucking hero of mine as well because I always admire a successful dieter. Mm. He lost <laughs> a lot of weight. That guy. <laughs> I was fucking... waiting to see where you were going to go with that. <laughs> I mean, there were some terrible stories from the Irish perspective back in the day, but I remember one of the worst ones, I think, uh, and I'm told this happened by somebody who went to his funeral, as they were carrying out the coffin outside the uh, the church, wherever it was, Belfast, um, the RUC, who were there to make sure that there was no trouble, started humming, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's the kind, you know. Well, he fucking wasn't, was he? <laughs> But that's I mean, what I mean. So at all by then. But that's what I mean. I mean, it was a shocking time. Um, but, you, you know, Greenslade, Greenslade, right, he's, he's the kind of journalist, and I'm, I'm not knocking these kind of journalists. He was in like an executive type person. Yeah, I mean, was, when you he, and I were working... He never went on a story. Early right? doors in the papers yeah. when we were young. Mm. I mean, he was the sort of guy you kind of went, wow, he's yeah. quite important. Yeah, but he was a, he was a sub-editor before mm. that. It was always production. Yeah. He was never out on the road, never did a story. So he never had to experience but while he goes around saying, I support what the IRA did bombing up children. Children and yeah, yeah. soldiers and dads and well, mums. he wouldn't have fucking said it. Well, in the he sun never had to do what I fucking had to do once when when uh, I was a young freelancer. Got a call uh, from the Sunday People. It was a Saturday morning. They said, "Oh, you." Because at the time I lived quite near Chelsea. He said, "Do you live near it? Can you go to Ebury Street? We've got some sort of yeah. uh, uh, there's a we had a call. There might have been a big bang there. Can you right. go and find?" So I fucking uh, you know it was literally five minutes away. So I went round. I got there before the bloody police were there, really? wow. and I saw what these bombs can do. It was a yeah. nail bomb, right. you know. And I'm not going to go into the fucking details. But if you ever see what these bombs did, oh, they're horrible. You know the the, the effect on the people. You know yeah. you've got people right in the streets in agony yeah. you would not fucking support the IRA no. using these techniques to bomb people yeah. it's a disgrace it's Absolutely disgusting awful. were you in the building at Canary Wharf when the bomb went off there no I was still in America then were you yeah yeah, because I forget about all the timings of that. Because I was yeah. in the express office, which was in the time at that time in yeah. uh, Blackfriars, and we heard it. Yeah, I mean that's how big it was. Yeah, yeah, you know. And, uh, the, and the guys in the mirror said that the whole of that uh, tower block in Canary Wharf uh, quivered around. I bet it did, yeah, yeah. And uh, remember all the windows broke and everything. Mm. So, you know, it, it, I just think that. And we've all got stories. I mean, I, I was interviewed, funnily enough, by the special branch, believe it or not, which I found to be quite a thrill when I was about 13 or 14, because I used to go to school in Kensington, Holland Park. Uh -huh. um, and I used to get off at Holland Park Tube every morning, walk down Holland Park Avenue, and then my school, Cardinal Vaughan, was at the end. Um, and there was a cancer surgeon um, who lived in one of those little squares uh -huh. around the back of Holland Park Avenue. Uh -huh. And he had a dog, and they put a bomb under his car. And uh, he went out one morning with his dog. The dog was sniffing under the car, set the fucking bomb off both killed instantly Fuck. and he was a cancer specialist it wasn't even like they targeted people who were politically uh, mm. uh, un, un, unlike them yeah. they targeted anyone and they targeted a fucking cancer surgeon a bloke who does great work saves people's lives killed him and his dog um, and I went down the next day and uh, I'd heard the bomb going off funnily enough because it went off just before nine o'clock uh -huh. and there was um, 
these guys hanging around, and it was the days of the Sweeney and all that, you know, and these guys looked like they were in the Sweeney. And they said, they were stopping people and said, did you see anything unusual? And I said, well, actually, I saw a white van parked there, you know, a couple of days in a row. And they came to my house and interviewed me um, about this white yeah, van. Yeah, well, I can imagine. Um, without my parents being in the room, I was quite surprised because I was thinking, surely they're going to want my dad <laughs> like, in the room. like the Sweeney, pro- proper cops. Proper coppers, no, you know. None of all that you sensitivity know, shit. Old son, you yeah. fucking nicked and all that. Listen, no, no, Sonny Jim, tell was, us about that white van, it you was fucker. Terribly, it was terribly thrilling to be interviewed by the Sweeney. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, they were the flying squad. I was like, this is Absolutely. fucking cool. Cool, yeah, yeah. That, do you remember the uh, IRA bombing? You know, because this is the point of people of our age. Yeah. We lived through the bombing. So it was like every couple of weeks there'd be some kind of fucking bombing. Uh, oh, it was all the time, wasn't it? And do you remember the Harrods bomb? Well, the Harrods bomb is interesting, actually, because I was, I think, a little bit older at that point, And so I was starting to go out on a sort of Friday night. And I was still at my parents' place, right? And my mother used to go to Harrods every Saturday mm. shopping. Um, and uh, because of the fact that I hadn't got up in the morning early enough, she yeah. was hanging about because she loved me so much. She used to always make me a cup of tea in the morning. And I would occasionally have some woman lying next to me, but on this occasion I didn't. And um, <laughs> and she once came in and got the name wrong. She was like, oh, hello, Daniela. And it wasn't Daniela. Ah, that's last week. Like, no, shut up. <laughs> and, uh, anyway. I don't so, know why she said that. As a result, As a result of her being delayed by me, she got to Harrods um, and she was literally walking along Knightsbridge. She, mm. parked, she used to park her car around by the Russian Orthodox Church mm. between there and Hyde Park. And she was about, she reckoned about a quarter of a mile from Harrods when it blew up. Yeah. And she, so she always says I saved her life because yeah. she would have been in there. Yeah, no, ex- uh, so there were two, I had two stories about that. I knew that guy, Phil, Philip Geddes. Uh, He's the Express Daily, guy. Daily Express died, yeah. journalist. Yeah, he was like the diary writer. blown wasn't up uh, and killed. Yeah. And by a remarkable coincidence, I don't know if you remember... Uh, after that bombing, the Harrods bombing, the whole nation uh, gathered around this Alsatian that was really badly mm. uh, bombed yeah. and, and had loads of shrapnel in it. Right. And, and uh, so everyone was rooting for this uh, Alsatian to pull through and right. it was teetering on the edge. And, uh, and in the end, the Alsatian made it and people were, you know, it's still small kind of ray of hope sure. in, in this mayhem and horror right. anyway uh, it turned out it was a friend of mine was taking it for a walk oh really yeah she 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 was staying with friends and she took their dog for a walk Blimey. past Harry Fucking and she up. was like pretty badly no, hurt I mean, it was well. an incredible time because I remember you'd get on the tube and you were trying they had those signs saying you know Please look out for any suspicious packages. That was when it started. Wasn't yeah, it? and they used to, and then when I was a, uh, just starting my Fleet Street career, used to do shifts on news desks and things as a junior there, and that, and they used to get these calls uh, regularly on Saturday mornings. Cause I did a lot of Sunday paper shifts, uh, and it'd be some Irish voice saying mm. that there's a bomb, so you know, so you the, get near the warning, Paddington yeah. Station, right. and. And then they'd say this something like, uh, you know, the man walks softly down the strand, and you go. And I said to the boss, I said, "I said there's a fucking bomb in Paddington, and the man walks softly down the strand." Right. And, but my news, news editor boss went, "Fucking hell, that's it. That's right. That's the tell code. the yeah, yeah. There, there was a code. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the IRA had a code right. to tell newspapers, uh, and that meant it was a real bomb." Yeah. 
know. Absolutely fucking strange times. Strange Very times. strange times. But more importantly, though, uh, Joe Biden, let's go across the Atlantic okay. again. Uh, Joe Biden, is the, he has a shat on the cat in the hat. He certainly has shat on the cat in the hat. He's said, apparently, that he's going to drop Dr. Seuss from the, um, the sort of... The, 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 re- the children's it's, reading it's initiative. The children's reading initiative, which goes to every school in the land yeah. where they get recommended And then there's Dr. The cat in the I hat mean, is now a fucking sake. racist, right? For fuck's sake. I mean, I know, I know the cat in the hat quite well because I've read it to all four of my kids at one point or another and I can't think of what bit of it is meant to be racist. Yeah, uh, I know. You know, I really can't. It's just bollocks, isn't it? I mean, it, every... it's all, I mean, again, Trump came back this week and I thought triumphantly, looked fantastic, looked very well, was very funny, was the complete opposite to what Biden He's going like. for it, isn't he? Of course he is. I think he's going of for it. Of course he is because it's a bit like Biden's Keir Starmer. He's so boring and so dull and so uninteresting that people will get sick to death of him. They're not going to sit there and go, oh, isn't this guy great? I mean, any people that think he's great are the people who hate Trump, yeah. who say, oh, you know, we've got our country back. It's fantastic. You know, we all love each other. Well, no, you don't, actually, because the people yeah. that love Trump still think you're a twat. Simple as that. Like that. Remember that uh, poet girl at the oh, inauguration? Oh, yes, the one at the inauguration, the one, the one yeah. Uh, wrote a poem uh, saying something about... Unfortunately, I missed the actual Coming poem, out of the happen. darkness into the light, no, as yeah. if the darkness was Donald Trump and right. the light is Joe Biden. Well, as long as Bruce Springsteen's not driving it, you out of the fucking yeah, darkness, yeah. <laughs> you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> coming out of it, it was a shit thought and an even fucking shitter poem. Mm. Really shit poem. And she got about four book deals out of that. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, the cat in the hat is now a racist. Uh, I mean, even Donald Trump and Barack Obama thought that the cat in the hat was okay, right? They so, actively promoted it so as Barack a children's favourite. Barack Obama didn't yeah. think it was a racist book, but Joe Biden does. How does that fucking See, work? the thing is, is you know, you talk about Trump hating. It's all the Democrats have got. Yeah. Uh, it's the... the their overriding passion, the only thing that fires them up, that fuels their political crusade, is an ongoing hatred of Donald Trump. Funnily enough, I don't think Joe Biden could give a flying fuck about Donald Trump because mm. he's been around too long, but he's willing to go with the flow to be the president. So he's the puppet on a string of all these woke twats yeah. who think the cat yeah, the in the hat is a fucking racist. Happens, the more this kind of thing happens, the more people will be driven to vote for Trump again. Because yeah. they'll say, well, this is clearly ridiculous. This what, that you could tell from that speech the other night when he said, someone's coming, someone's going to yeah. stand against yeah. old sleepy. Who could it be? Who could it be? Could it right. be? Right. You can tell. He, he can sense blood. He yeah, can smell it. Well, the thing about Trump and people like Trump is that they actually quite like being the underdog. He loved the fact when he was campaigning to be uh, president, he could campaign as the outsider. I think the trouble he found when he was president was that he couldn't really campaign as the outsider. He couldn't really say, let's drain the swamp. Because he'd been in Washington four years. So he lost that kind of uh, credibility factor. Whereas now he can do it again. He can say, look, they got back in charge. Look what they've done. Look how they've screwed up. You've let them back in. Let me get back in. I'll tell you what, America is doing quite well. And that's uh, their vaccine rollout is pretty good. It's picking up, isn't it? And guess why? It's Donald Trump's vaccine rollout. It's called warp speed, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, it's nothing to... Also, most of America is now open, by the way. It's nothing... Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. They're not saying... Oh, we've got no, the no, vaccine, no, no, they, don't they go opened. Out. They, that's what I said earlier. Oh, we're still telling people not to go out. Well, they opened it. That's what I said earlier. They they have literally just opened yeah. the states. So, f- three, four weeks ago in LA, mm. you were not allowed out of your house, right. let alone go for it. You couldn't go for a walk. Right now. Bars, restaurants, shops, mm. it's as normal. They've right. gone back to it. Same in Florida. Yep. Same to all those states. And by the way, in America, when we talk about lockdowns in the future, uh, there are 11 states 
that did absolutely jack shit. Mm. They not only didn't lock down, they didn't wear masks, mm. they didn't close anything, yeah. they did absolutely nothing. And they call it the North Dakota, South Dakota test. Yeah. Uh, the states that locked down, that didn't lock down, are now all, in terms of the infection rate uh, and the spread of COVID, doing much better yeah. than the states that did lock down. So you can call us the 52nd state or something. Mm. We're the state that locked down and look at the shit we're in. Well, exactly. I mean, if I hear anybody else now saying to me, yeah, but we did the right thing uh, because we've got the biggest mm. death rate in yeah. Europe yeah. and also our economy's fucked. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Then. Yeah, yeah. So that was a good idea then. Sweden. Well Sweden did it right. Get well fucking used to it. <laughs> anyway, listen, we've done a very long podcast here. It's unusually long. This. Have we now? We'll be happy uh, that we couldn't shut the fuck up. But we'll be back <laughs> next week. Kevin O'Sullivan, Mike Graham. We're the Thought Police. Florida's totally open. It's fucking fine. Australia's uh, totally open. Right. It's fucking fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down People are going New- to Aussie Rules yeah, football Well, naturally, games, that idiot Jacinda Ardern has shut down uh, New Zealand again. Oh, yeah. Because there's been 11 cases. I mean... Jacinda Ardern, the worst world leader oh, I know. in world I know, history. But, but she's a woman, so she's really, really yeah, good at sometimes it. it's hard to be a woman, and sometimes it's hard to be any fucking use when you're running <laughs> New Zealand. And she's no fucking use. I mean, it. as I said to Piers when he came in, he was raving on about how great New Zealand so the more people living in my fucking street yeah. in London there are living in New Zealand. Yeah, exactly. All they got They're not separated by sheep. lakes and mountains yeah, and all that yeah, shit. She's a disaster. Oh, I know. They love her though, don't they? Of course, the left they, loves her. Yeah, but you know, she's got an official policy that uh, she pursues happiness before the economy. Oh, yeah. So she wants the people to be happy. Really? And then she'll worry about the economy. Okay. But what you'll find just... People are happier when, when they've got more money. when your fucking economy's in the toilet, your people will not be happy, you stupid <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> One week he's on a fucking bus going through Santa Barbara yeah. pouring tea with uh, James Corden and doing bizarre things like uh, assault courses. Did you see he took him to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's yeah. house? Yeah, yeah, I mean it was I mean, all, do fuck off. It's just so he could do the Fresh Prince yeah. rap. So, I mean, uh, he could make the little joke, he's yeah. the real he, Prince he, of he Bel-Air. Isn't that funny? So, the real Prince of Bel-Air, so they do that and then the week later well, The real he Prince does, of Bel-End or something. Yeah, yeah, Bel-End, yeah. <laughs> and then he's... He's a, he is a fucking bellend. He really he? is. So, <laughs> Prince has Prince ba- Prince has of bellend. Take your floating fucking wimbles and stick them up your bony arse, you oh, yeah. twat.